It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into this edition of the Skinny Podcast, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. It's the Reds edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor with Jed Demusi, Local12 anchor, reporter, and producer. Uh, Jed, we were, uh, we're, right, we're doing this on a Wednesday afternoon with the thought that opening day was, was <laughs> Thursday. And, Best laid uh, plans. We find out even before we do this podcast that opening day has, has been moved to Friday, and it is it makes it quite the cluster for a lot of different things. For the starting rotation that wasn't yeah. going to need Brandon Finnegan until April the 9th, which now is going to need a fifth starter, mm-hmm. to um, activities down uh, on opening day now with the party and then um, – uh, a, a walk to the Freedom Center from noon to two that'll kind of overlap. It should be quite uh, quite the cluster, for goodness sakes. Maybe but it'll just rain straight through till Monday and we can get the parade it, and the game on the same day the I, way God intended. I tweeted that out. I said, maybe <laughs> there's a plan to all of this. Maybe it'll it'll work out uh, swimmingly, for goodness sakes. It, it is yeah, interesting. It, people are swimming. Yes, they are. the rain we had. There I we mean, go. The Reds have their, their final exhibition game rained out in Texas and now have their mm-hmm. opening game rained out. Should I read into that a good thing, a bad thing? There's, there's got to be something to read into that. Well, somebody there? in the news Newsroom, I'll, I'll leave uh, them out. I'll leave their name out. But they said, "Hey, the Reds won't be in last place on uh, wire to wire." Bingo. Of course, they could be because all of the NL Central teams play could win. non-NL yeah, Central right. teams. So they could tomorrow, win. So they all could win. But uh, it, it, who knows if it's a good thing? I do think Brian Price has to be shaking his head because th- this rotation is not healthy. They don't have a fifth starter, and he was hoping to kick that can down the road a little bit. And now, before the first game, he's got to face his first challenge, and that's figuring out who gets that fifth spot. I think right now, Amir Garrett probably just slide him in there, uh, but probably not something Brian Price was looking forward to figuring out. Because I believe Brandon Finnegan is going to throw a, a simulated game, right. um, I believe, Friday. So you can't all of a sudden bring him back on what would be the fifth day of this season. Right. Um, the normal rest wouldn't be there. They were trying to really pace this out, A, to see if he was – is, is healthy enough because his last spring start was okay, but the key is can he come back and do it again and, and stretch himself out a little bit. The hope was he wouldn't be needed till, till April the 9th. I guess in theory you could bring Robert Stevenson up from, from AAA, but he was such a disaster um, that I, you know, the, the, the whole point to this is it probably will be Amir Garrett, and that's fine. Um, he's in the bullpen almost because he he earned it with what he did in the spring. Right. But they he's technically with if Finnegan is healthy, he is the sixth starter. So um, I guess he does get the turn. The question is how long does he go? Because they really didn't stretch him out a bunch in spring. Yeah, and he's not the only option. You could bring Cody Reed up. Right. You could, you Do that could too. Bring Stevenson up. Um, I think to be honest, and I I know this wasn't maybe necessarily their plan. And I don't know if, if a lot of baseball people are superstitious, but I don't know if, if the Reds are or not. I think you've got to take a long, hard look and say, is Brandon Finnegan a, a, guy, a rotation guy? It's fair. It's fair. I, I think he is. I, I think he is. I'm not sure Garrett is. As good. I, you and I talked about it on the Sports Authority. I'm, I'm not so sure this kid can't become a dominant relief pitcher, um, for goodness sake. And, and not just a single-inning closer, but a guy that, as right. we maybe change the landscape of bullpens, as Brian Price and the Reds tried to do last year, becomes a, a two-and-a-third-inning guy. And, and I guess you would have to consider, you know, everything. Not nothing happens in a vacuum. So do the Reds think, hey, we maybe are looking at our next closer? I mean, they do have uh, Iglesias through the 2020 season, but – you know, if the Reds kind of go the way everyone is thinking, he's going to be a huge trade chip and can, can command a lot in return because he's under a team-friendly contract right. for two and a half years if they trade him at the deadline. So maybe they are looking at him and saying, hey, he can be a two-winning guy in the back end that, that can be our, our future door shutter. I think, he, I think he should be in the rotation. I think the biggest thing that they did last year that messed him up was they sent him down, right. and they, they attempted to keep him uh, – Keep his arbitration clock. Keep his arbitration clock from starting to tick and all that sort of thing, and that, that really messed him up. He went into St. Louis last year. It was dominant. Something that that Reds the Reds just don't win in St. Louis, and he had a fantastic outing there, and I know teams are is different. 12 strikeouts? I mean, I, we'd have to look it up, and I'll, I will pull it up because I brought it up. But I, I think I think that messed with him. And I think if you're going to mess with him again, if you're going to say, okay, you're in the bullpen, hey, now I want you to start, I think they really have to give do right by him. And I think that's figuring out a role for him and letting him thrive. And I think that role should be in the rotation. Well, and, and I, I get, we're, we're maybe going to find out here inside the first five games, right, that if he becomes the fifth starter – 
and let's say he performs well, do you then go a little bit slower with Brandon Finnegan? Because you know something else is going to happen, right? It, it just it, it is going to happen. I hope it doesn't, but something else is going to happen. So maybe you can slow your roll a little bit there with, with, with Brandon Finnegan. But if you're, if you're Amir Garrett and you come out and you have a great start and then... But I, I think if he does, I, I think if, if I'm Brian Price... I tell him you've earned a second start. And I, that's why I say you don't have to rush the Finnegan circumstance. At, at, at some point, though, he's got to have some security. He's got to be able to say, what can I do? But has do? he earned that? What David? can he, I do on my own? Has he earned that security, though? Well, maybe, maybe they fake it until they make it because I think he's a good pitcher. I think they just have to give him an opportunity to have some stability in what he and what this team wants him to do. When he came back, he was a disaster. We'll agree with that part, right? He was a complete disaster. And I think you're right. I think sending him down really did mess with his head, for goodness sakes. But I think we are going to find out inside the first five games because he is probably going to, to be able to get that start. All right, this this Reds run that they're on of the last three years is epic. There, there's not been a worse three-year run than this with uh, 286 losses, and, and that's just a, a huge number. Uh, three straight 94-plus loss seasons in a row. Give me a reason that you would be a little more optimistic about this year. I, and I'll get to mine. I have 12, 12 of them for 12 reasons for optimism at local12.com, and I'll go through a handful of those, and it winds up with, with me predicting a winning record, just a slight winning record. Whoa. And you can laugh at it, but I'll go through some of these. But give, give me a reason where you go, all right, I feel better about this team because. Well, before I do that, I just do want to say that I did crunch some numbers today. And if you add up every team's losses from last year, it would take the Reds a long time. You'd have to go back a long year for the Reds to collect all of those losses that all of the teams had last year. It's a little <laughs> Mick Cronin math for you. I like it. Thank you, um, <laughs> Reasons to be optimistic. The, the first baseman. I think he. I think he was the NL MVP a year ago. I, I think he got absolutely robbed of the NL MVP, Joey Votto. Um, but, but but he was on. But, but I'm talking about somebody's going to do something oh, different and better. Oh, I'm sorry. Somebody's going to do something different and better. Uh, I think Luis Castillo, at the end of the day, will be in the NL Cy Young discussion. I think you're a year too early on that, but I'm 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 not going to sit here and disagree with you completely on that. I think that's I, I that's think a bold it is bold it is. Hot take. I, I my one of my bold predictions for him was to be a 15 game winner this year. I, I think a lot of Luis Castillo. I think you're jumping the gun maybe by a year. Okay, but I'm not going to rain on that completely because I I think the guy has has a lot of of of, of ability. Um, he's got a chance to really be a superstar pitcher. I think he does too. And the other part about the and you Reds. can argue about it because people can look at well, it's only fifteen starts. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of that, but fifteen starts is a nice enough sample size. When I watched him at times dominate, he wasn't always pitch efficient. But when I look at his final numbers from a WHIP perspective and an ERA perspective, and I don't look at the wins loss perspective, I'm looking at some of those numbers. And I see a guy that I think is going to continue to get better, pitched pretty well in the spring, didn't do anything at least to make you go, oh, that was just a flash in the pan. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying – I think you're a year early, but I think you're on to something. The other benefit the Reds have is tomorrow they can still make a free agent move. Maybe they pick up this year's Dan Straley, who they'll then flip for another Luis Castillo. Um, I think he's fantastic. I, I know the sample size maybe isn't what it should be. Um, read an article this spring about how the how catchers, the 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 catchers in the Reds organization say that some of his pitches are just things that they've never seen right. before, and they're happy that they don't have to go against him. I think I think the the stars are aligned for him, and hopefully he is a reason to uh, to believe and and a reason for optimism for this team. Going back to what we mentioned, Amir Garrett's first start last year was in St. Louis. Six innings, two hits, two walks, four strikeouts. He had a twelve strikeout game. In there he did. He did yeah. somewhere, and it may have been against, but that was that was on uh, April seventh of last year. The game the Reds won, two to nothing. And one start doesn't make a career. And I hate to dovetail back to Garrett, but I think that that he deserve we deserve to know, or the Reds should should figure out if he's a starter and and maybe stop moving him back and forth. But and, and, if, and maybe as goofy as it sounds, maybe that's what this rain, maybe that's what this one day pushback yeah. does. By default, you you start him, he shows something, and you go, all right, we'll give you another one, and we'll give you another one, and now you're our guy. Yeah, I think this rotation outside of Castillo really has a chance to to surprise some people. Um, I think Vegas has the Reds at 73 and a half wins. I think if they go over that mark, it's going to be a marked improvement in the rotation that gets them there. 
Uh, Tyler Malley, another small sample size guy. He looked he looked good. Extremely small. Extremely yes. small. Sal Romano, I think, is is a guy who his, his last eight starts were really good. Five and two, three seventeen ERA. Uh, pitched well in the spring. I think a guy that early last year was trying to figure it out, wasn't quite sure he belonged. Was yeah, It's like a lot of young pitchers, right? They come up, they're not quite sure. Once he kind of settled in over those last eight starts, and, and yeah, I know sometimes September starts can be deceiving mm-hmm. because you're facing some minor league lineups, but I, I thought he too at times was, was dominant and, and didn't do anything in the spring to dissuade me. And I, you know, I, I think between Castillo, him, and, and Malley, um, I, I predicted a combined 35-plus wins. I know that's way off the charts because last year they combined four, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, they combined for, I believe, nine wins, mm-hmm. maybe ten. Um, but it wasn't very many. I think those three guys, they get you 35 wins. You have a chance to maybe have a winning record because let's let's look at last year's starting rotation. You know how many all those starters, all 16 different starters combined for win-wise? 44. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting 35, and actually the way I projected, I think I got 38 out of the three of them. That's, crazy. Uh, that's that's pretty close to that forty four number. That's crazy to think. Yes, that no doubt. Four of the sixteen. Uh, Zips is a projection. Yes, I think developed by a guy at ESPN. Um, I was looking at some of their numbers. Luis Castillo, they're predicting to go ten and eight with a three point eight zero ERA, and uh, I think that's low. And Pakoda had them low too. Okay, Tyler Malley ten and ten with a four point four seven ERA. Sal Romano, 9-9. and Those are the top three wins-getters for the Reds. They also have Jackson Stevens, which I'm a big Dr. My Eyes fan. (laughs) Oh, that's Jackson Brown. They have him at nine wins as well uh, with a 4.970 ERA, 9-10. and So those four are the top win-getters for the Reds. So you said 35, and Zips has him at 29. So, I mean, that's... that's, Not completely far off. Right. It's in the ballpark. Um, And I I I think they're very much... High balling Mally's ERA and low balling Romano win wise. I just I it, I just do, but it, it's fine. I mean, it, it's it's somebody's projections and it comes off of statistical analysis and all those things. The funny part is when we've talked about all of that, we've not talked about the opening day starter, <laughs> Homer Bailey, um, accounting for twenty percent of the Reds' payroll. <laughs> yes, um, did have eighteen starts last year. I think the biggest part was he was able to string starts together. That sounds simplistic, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. But here's a guy coming off some, some arm surgery. Uh, the numbers were terrible. The ERA was terrible. He was awful in the spring, gave up seven homers in 15 innings. It yeah. suggests to me that there's not a lot of life left there. Um, what, is a, what is a, I don't want to say safest, what, what can you even expect to get out of Homer Bailey? I don't know. I mean, we're talking, Exactly, and I, and we're I think ta- that's the answer. We're talking about a guy – who you're saying, I mean, the, the type of things that you're saying about him is not a guy you want to owe $49 million to over the next two but years. But you do, so let's squeeze but something out of him. <laughs> and I, I just don't know what that's going to be. Um, uh, and there's no way, even if you're the most optimistic Reds fan, right, the guy that, that they can do no wrong, and they're, that guy's stunned they've lost 90-plus games the last three years, can't believe it, has him go to the World Series this year. And is looking and going, oh, Homer Bailey's going to go back and be a, a, a 360 ERA, 14 win guy. What no. suggests that? No. That's the part. I, I hope that I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but what, what suggests that? Nothing that he did last year. And I, again, I'm giving a little bit of last year of, look, you don't come off of what he came off of and automatically go back and be brilliant. It's usually a year later where you start to build up some arm strength, get it back in gear. But, boy, spring was disappointing. Spring, Spring was, made me go, oh, wow, there, there, there's no yeah. coming back for this cat. Zips has him 7-10 and 10 this year with a 5.38 ERA, which would fall in line with, with sort of what he's— I would say if his ERA is that high, it's because his arm is bad, and I would tell you he won't even get 17 starts, let alone 17 decisions. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a very fair point. Uh, it's, I think it's going to take some— uh, he's, I think he's going to have to determine— the way I've pitched in the past, can I still pitch that way and be effective? If he says to himself, "I've got to develop, I, 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 I've got to figure out a different way," and he does to get guys out, I think that's the only way that we see even the most optimistic projections take place. He's got to figure out a way to to reinvent himself as a pitcher, and, and I, that's just that's just based on everything that we've seen. If he's going to come out. 
and pitch the, the same way that he always has. I just don't think he's going to have the success that a lot – and a lot of people have been Homer Bailey fans since I, 2004. I've been a huge Homer Bailey fan. I, I thought, honestly, they, they waited too long to bring him up. I, I probably was wrong. But I would, I, when the kid was throwing 97 in the minors, look, that doesn't mean you're going to be great in the majors. Right. But I, th I thought he was ready. And, yeah. and he's really been nothing more than a third, fourth starter at best. Now, he looked like he was going to be, be a very quality third, fourth starter. I think they overpaid for that service. Um, but I would have taken the Homer Bailey of those couple of playoff teams. Right. Oh, without yeah, yeah, without a doubt. At the time, he wasn't an ace, but he was a very good middle rotation right? guy. And at the time they gave him that contract, he was the highest paid pitcher in baseball outside of Tanaka, who the the Yankees had to overpay for. Outside of Tanaka, he was the highest paid major league pitcher that did not have a Cy Young or a World Series to his credit. At the time, I think people were saying they had overpaid and that they had paid for really two starts, which were his two no hitters. Yeah, right. Um, and I, it, it's it's just a shame that that injuries have played a role. I, yeah, because you can't project that. I mean, it, no. I, look, if he'd been the pitcher he was in those couple of playoff years, you know, thirteen and ten ish, three ninety ERA, I still think you overpaid for him. But I still would have taken that. I, I'd have been okay. I wouldn't have been great with that, but I'd have been okay with that. And I, so I can't ding him for the injuries. But they were paying him to be an ace, and I'm not sure they that were. was ever going to happen. And at the time, if you remember, there were three pitchers that, that kind of the Reds had a contract that they were going to hand out, and those three pitchers were Homer Bailey, Johnny Cueto, and Matt Latos. Right. So Matt Latos Didn't is, make a mistake on him, right? Right, <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, they, they flipped him to Anthony, into Anthony DiSclefani. And I'm not so sure they made a mistake on Johnny Cueto in retrospect. Uh, correct, correct. So I, I don't know, looking back, because a lot of people at the time were saying when they traded Cueto to the Royals and then he was on that World Series team, gosh, they really guessed wrong. Well, I don't know that you could have guessed right in that scenario because Cueto could potentially have a bounce back year. He was dreadful last season. I don't, I don't think Matt Latos is in baseball anymore. And sadly, Brandon Finnegan, the first year he was here as a starter, showed he was a pretty, again, a middle-rotation middle, middle right. rotation guy. You give me Homer Bailey as a middle-rotation guy, a Finnegan as a middle-rotation guy, Romano as a middle-rotation guy, and Castillo as your ace. That's Again, I can't ding him for the injury portion. I can ding him for some drafts. I can ding him for development. I can ding him for a handful of other things. I can't ding him for, the, for those deals and, 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 and those things. I know fans can because it's easy in hindsight. I just can't do it. I don't think it's fair. No, and, and what I was alluding to before, they, they pulled Dan Straley off the freaking scrap here. Correct. And turned him, and flipped into, him. And, and turned him into Luis Castillo. I mean, that's incredible. That's incredible that they, that they were able to do that. You flipped Mike Leake for a 30-home run guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they've they've done you know a, a a pretty decent job in 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 trades when you look at at what they've done and th there are they some... just have not had the minor league guys yeah to supplement that I mean Robert Stevens should, should be in this rotation by now yep as a full fledged bona fide starting pitcher right yep. he should be Malley we hold out hope for because he's kind of the next one up although he was not a high draft pick right um, he's kind of developed I mean if you look at what he did in the Myers guy was great so I'm going to give him that. Mm -hmm. But you should have had some supplement. I, I, we're going to get to the everyday eight in a minute. I, I'm fine with the everyday eight. I, if you gave me that everyday eight with a middle-of-the-road rotation, I'm going to make a run at the playoffs. I really am. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I think, I think they're going to benefit from the four outfield situation. I think that may benefit... I, I don't, but I'll, we'll get to well, that. Well, I think it's going to benefit Adam Duvall in the long run because I think at the very least he has shown the past couple of years that, down. that a little bit of rest sure. throughout the year sprinkled in here and there could could maybe be, maybe help him from that second-half slide that he's been on the past couple of years. Um, I don't know if you want to get into it now, if you want to stick well, with pitching. Yeah, I'll or, stick with pitching. I want to finish up with, okay. with the pitching. Um, last year, the starting staff had a 555 ERA. The bullpen was 444, all right? I think that this there's no way the starting staff is that bad. I, I just don't see it. They gave up over uh, almost 860 runs. As, I mean, I don't think you can say there's no way. There's no way. I, I just don't see it. I, uh, okay. I don't because I I do see improvement in Romano. I, I think I, the likelihood of them being that bad again this year is not good. But I do think there's a way. Well, all right, maybe there's a way. <laughs> I, that's, that's that's fair. I, I I do think though that you get that that staff ERA to 4.6 and you take a bullpen that had an ERA of 4.5 and you've added a couple of good arms and a couple guys that have pitched away on the roster, Kevin Quackenbush being one of them. Um, I, I think that bullpen goes from a 4.50 ERA into the mid threes. I think the bottom line is, I think this 
this team that gave up 863 runs, 819 earned, can give up less than 800 runs. That That's one of my bold predictions is that they will do that. So we'll, let's work off of that premise when we turn to the lineup. You can disagree with that. But last year, I mean, I'm not asking for them to give up right. 150 less runs. Right. I'm looking at 60, right. 65 to 75 less runs, and I think they can be better than that. But that gets them below the 800 threshold. Okay. Are they capable of that, in your opinion? I think that they're. I think that that's a that's a very modest expectation. Okay. All right. So we'll go with the modest expectation. Okay. So we turn to the hitters. This this team scored the six most runs in the National League, 753 last year. Um, I'm looking for an increase of 50 runs to get them to that 800 threshold. This is where I'm getting to my, I think they have a chance for a winning record. If you do run score, run, run differential, it usually, it's usually, you know, within three to five wins close. Um, sure. uh, some teams, you know, you win some one run games, right. you lose some games, 10, nothing, 10, nothing, right. uh, and turn around and win the end of a series two to one. And it makes it skewed all those things. Right. Um, I look at this every day and I, I look at this, I look at, you mentioned Joey Votto. I, I don't see a precipitous slide for him, even though he's going to be 34. Do I think he hits 36 homers again? I think that's that's a lot to ask, but I don't see a big drop-off, right? I mean, he's at a stage where you start to see a little slide. Last year, Jenny had his best OPS of his career. Yeah, and I think even if you even if you project, you know, I don't know what a reasonable slide would be, but he's capable oh, of a nine of, a nine twenty OPS. I mean, which he's is cap- still absurdly he's capable good. of sliding ten percentage points. Yes, and still being, being a thousand OPS. Right, right. So even if you project a slide for him because he's getting up there in age, he still is going to be one of the most feared hitters, one of the best guys at the plate, even if his numbers take a hit. Correct. We talked about it on Sunday briefly. He. He was unbelievable. There were only five guys. He was one of five guys that had more walks than strikeouts last year, and he had in the neighborhood of 51, something like that, more walks than he did strikeouts. The other four guys who had enough qualified at-bats combined, the other four combined for a plus 10 walk-to-strikeout ratio. That was Chris Bryant. That was Mike Trout. The elite hitters of the game were in that mix, and they all four combined to a plus 10, and Votto was plus 51. I mean, it's incredible the way he's performed. So even if he does take a step back, which he met, which he might, he's still going to be fantastic. All right, then you have Scooter Jeanette, Eugenio Suarez, Scott Shebler, Adam Duvall, all ranging between about age 25 and 29, which as you look at major league players, and if you look, just pick a player, one of your favorite players, when they get to that age, you start to get into your your prime years, your power prime years, where your numbers, if you've put up some numbers, actually start to go up a little bit. I know we can look at what, we'll just go around the infield. When you look at Scooter Jeanette, 27 homers, 90-plus RBIs, pleasant surprise. When you really look at the year before Milwaukee, he had 31 doubles and 14 homers. This past year in Cincinnati, he had 22 doubles and 27 homers. Basically, he turned those doubles in Milwaukee, which isn't as much of a hitter's park as Cincinnati is, yeah. into homers, right? Yeah. So when I look and I go, can I really expect 27 homers out of Scooter Jeanette? I would say probably not, but I don't think he's going to slide as much as you think because here's a guy entering his prime who really just turned doubles into homers last year who I'm not here looking and going, that was a one-year fluke. No. Again, look at his Milwaukee year the year before. It was a similar type year. It was just finally he got a little more lift in a hitter's ballpark where the right field porch for left-handers is very friendly, and suddenly the twenty, the, the, the 31 doubles he hit last year, take nine off of those, it takes it to 22 doubles, added to the 14 homers, that gives him 23. He was right in that, in that vein. I don't think he slips a ton. And now he's going to be the everyday guy from the get-go. Yeah, and I think it's very easy to look at what he did and say, oh, he's oh, going to take a step back. It's a fluke. He's going to take a step back. But not a lot of people are going into what you're saying, and that may that may be an eye-roll moment for some people listening and saying that's supremely optimistic that he's not going to take a step back. But again, the same and thing— And if he hits that, 25 homers, that's not a step back, by the way. Right, <laughs> right, absolutely not. And, and it just goes back to, I think, um, baseball, baseball players, among other— uh, more so than any other professional athletes or creatures of habit. And I think when you say to him, you are our guy at second base, he's never been, he's never had that opportunity to come in, not look over his shoulder, not be a part of a platoon. And I think that's going to give him some confidence. I think it it's only going to give him confidence. And I think the fact, you know, he was the cleanup guy when they put their main lineup on the field in the spring and he should be. 
Yeah. I mean, maybe against lefties, you want to move him down, move Duvall up. Okay, I'm fine with that. But bottom line is he should be in a run-producing spot because he proved that last year he's a pretty good run producer. Yeah, Zips has him at 19 home runs, 66 runs batted in, 265 batting average. Yeah, and they're always low. A lot of those, Pakoda and Zips are both, they, yeah. they, they, don't, they tend to go on the low side. Yeah, I, I think I think going around. I think last year is not a fluke. Is what I'll, I'll leave it at that part. I don't think it's a fluke for him. I don't think so either. I don't think so either, especially because he's still relatively young. Correct. This isn't his year thirty four season where he, it's not like a Brady Anderson situation years ago for the Orioles where he just all of a sudden hits fifty home runs. I think he's more than capable of putting up the numbers that he did last year. And even if he doesn't get to that point, he's still going to be a productive player for this team. Agreed. All right, let's go to third base. Eugenio Suarez is 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 still a young guy. <laughs> this will be his third year as a full time starter. Um, started a little bit four years ago, but um, this will be his third year as a full as a full time starter at third base. Um, his numbers in every category last year went up significantly. On base percentage, slugging percentage, RBIs went up, runs scored went up. Uh, I made a bold prediction. I think he combines for 190 runs scored in, in RBI depending on where you hit him. I mean, he could score 100 runs batting second, and he could drive in 100 runs batting fourth or fifth for you, and I think he will move around the lineup some because of, of, of that. Is that too optimistic? Or, again, looking at, at where he is at his age um, and the fact that he seems like he continues to improve and improve, I'm just looking for even an incremental bump and we get to those numbers. Reds have a lot of faith in him. Right, seven years t- <laughs> extension. I mean, they, they signed a third baseman to a seven-year extension when the best player and a top 10 player uh, across th- baseball in their minor leagues is a third baseman. Who's now playing second base, which is, now, which is good. I like, the, I like the flexibility idea. Yeah. And, Stra- and, and Nick Senzel. Correct. So that shows, and, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people, you know, I was out in spring training uh, two years ago. And we we had a we had a dinner with with Dick Williams and the, the gathered members of the media there. I don't think a lot of people have an appreciation for how much the Reds are involved in deep deep analytics. They have guys in that front office that are giving Dick Williams advice based on trends, based on what can we expect. Eugenio Suarez. The Suarez trend excites me, man. What is a guy like him? How should we project him to be? So it wasn't like Dick Williams woke up one day and said, oh, you know what? He had X amount of home runs. He had X amount of... They looked at this, and they've got guys in that front office whose job it is to to project long-term based on age, based on experience, based on the numbers that he has produced. And that contract is, is, is coming out of that think tank and, and those advanced projections. So the Reds are high on him. I don't think it's I, – I think your prediction on, on how many runs he's going to score and uh, not Well, him, and I'm flipping it because it depends on where he hits in the lineup, right? I mean, if he hits right. second all year – I think he's a hundred run, eighty five RB guy. One hundred five run, eighty five RBI guy. If he hits, you know, fourth, fifth ish in the lineup, I think he's a ninety run, hundred RBI guy. So I think he's just that kind of a weapon. I think he is too. Uh, it was interesting today. The Reds had availability in the uh, in the dugout. I'm trying to pull it up here. They 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 had a lineup that the that they said was not a projected lineup, and now I can't find it. It may have been deleted. Oh no, here it is. Um, here was what the lineup was on the board that Brian Price said. That's not the lineup. Sure. But <laughs> Billy Hamilton leading off. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Scooter, <laughs> Scooter, Scooter Jeanette in the two-hole. Joey Votto batting third. And we know that this is a uh, we know that this is a uh, this could be false because it had Votto's batting average at 175. Uh, Scott spring, Shebler, spring numbers. Scott Shebler fourth, Duvall. Obviously front-loading that with lefties. So Duvall. switch hitting left-hander, 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 right. left-hander to Duvall, right-hander. Duvall fifth, uh, Peraza sixth, Suarez, Barnhart, Bailey. No way, Suarez. Unless I'd have to look at what Suarez's numbers are against Max Scherzer. Maybe that's why he's hitting seventh. Yeah. And that could be. I, I didn't yeah. do a deep enough dive to see what his numbers are with Max Scherzer. But. Right. So I think Votto is probably in the two-hole. Three hole. You think no, but I'm. I think he should be batting second. Um, I, I can I can maybe make that argument. I 
I, I don't. I'm not opposed to that. I, I know. I think he. See, I think for him though, I think there is an ego thing of hitting third. Well, I mean, I really do. That's the best hitter, right? I think there's an ego thing there. Well, and he and he is a he is between his ears quite a bit. So I think if if he wants to bat third, you bat him third. If Correct. he wants to bat Correct. seventh, you bat him seventh. Correct. But Correct. I I could see him potentially batting second. If he bats third, that's fine. I think Suarez has got to be higher. I think. Yeah, I think he hits second right now just because he, he will take a walk. Um, I think that's where I don't play Billy Hamilton. We're gonna touch, we're gonna get well. Let, let's go to that part of it because I, I want to get back to Jose Peraza here in a second. But let's go back. Let's let's jump into Billy Hamilton. You mentioned and Brian Price has said this. It's going to be a four man rotation in the outfield. We still don't know how that four man rotation is going to work. I mean, there's not a, a, a set plan for it, right? Um, and I, I, I just don't see how they continue to look at Billy Hamilton and say, "Buddy, you're an everyday guy." I just don't see. That doesn't mean he never starts. That doesn't mean he doesn't play. But to me, what Jesse Winker showed last year is this. He had 137 plate appearances and scored 21 runs because he got on base at a 375 clip. Do I think he's going to be a – he hit seven homers. I don't think he's a big power guy. I, I think that was a little fluky. Um, but I, I do know that he'll get on base. Scored 21 runs in 137 plate appearances. Billy Hamilton scored 85 runs in 639 plate appearances, something like that. Multiply – Winker by five, and that gets him 105 runs. That means he scored, despite not being as fast, he, he will be projected to score 16 more runs than Billy Hamilton. And, and God knows how many more opportunities are wasted because Billy Hamilton bats lead off and you give him all those plate appearances. I, I just don't see how they, how they figure. That's the frustrating part for me. I believe Duvall has established himself as a 30-plus home run guy who I still think has 35 in him. I do, I'm not opposed to you taking some appearances, some games, some at-bats away from him. I think Scott Schebler is very underserved. I know you can look at his raw numbers and go, well, his batting average sucks. His on-base percentage isn't great. Dude slugged like five, four, almost 500, had an almost 800 OPS. You give him 600 plate appearances, I'm telling you right now, he comes close to 40 homers. And he's not, you know, as much as this fan base loved Jay Bruce, He's not, not far off. Not far off. Not at all. He's not. And Jay Bruce hit the home run that got the Reds back into the playoffs. And you uh, bat Scott Shebler sixth or seventh, and you give me 35, 40 homers and some walks from that guy? I mean, 40 homers would be... Right. <laughs> I mean, I'd sign up for that today. Uh, but I think, no, I think, I, think he is, I think he is a little bit undervalued. And I think another thing, too, is the Reds this offseason tried to trade Billy Hamilton. And I think Dick Williams may have said to Brian Price, hey, we, we understand the way Billy's going. But in order to kind of keep to save face, if we still try to move him, we've got to say it's a four-man outfield. I, I guess, that, but, but does that mean you have to play it that way? And, and if you do, just to show, what are you going to show that he can't get on base? I mean, he's already, he is show, it's, it's not right. like this is a one-year sample size or a two-year sample I'm size. I'm trying to talk you off the ledge, and I'm saying this may be You're not going to be able attempt. to do it because I've, right. I've reached my breaking point with Billy Hamilton. When I, <laughs> look, I was not a big Jesse Winker guy until I saw it. I kept looking at his minors numbers. I didn't see a lot of right. power. I didn't see a guy that got on base, and, and, and he, he grew on me, and I, and I think he, he can play out there. I, look, I know Shebler's some feast or famine, but you're right. It's very Jay Bruce-like. I'm not asking you to have him bat fifth like Jay Bruce did. I'm asking you to bat him seventh. I'm fine with that. Give me 40 homers, 80 RBIs out of your seventh place guy with all those. And, and Jesse Winker at the top of the order getting on base 37% of the time as opposed to a guy getting on base 29% of the time. And then Billy Hamilton is a value. Right. He's a great fourth outfielder. He's a guy in the sixth inning, seventh inning, upper run, Scott Shebler leads off with a walk or somehow gets hit by a pitch or doesn't hit a home run or whoever. You pick a guy. You go, you're, you're, go run for him. Go run for Adam Duvall. Go run for him. All right? We're going we're gonna to put you on base. Then he's a weapon. Then he's a weapon. And then his strength is defensively, right? So you're putting him out there for defense. Does it come back around and he gets an at-bat maybe? Okay. I'm in a bat a game. I'm fine with that. An occasional spot start. I'm fine with that. There's nothing that says he should be a starter. <laughs> nothing. I know people like speed. I'm good with his speed. I want to make his speed a value right. as opposed to looking on, well, Billy's speed really isn't helping us there. Again, you look at some speed guys a lot of times, and I'm I'm a bigger stolen base guy than a lot of sabermetricians. I think it is more undervalued. I, I wish they would take total bases, by the way. I'm off topic here. That's fine. But a lot of times... I'm sa- standing back and just observing <laughs> right now. Well, sabermetrics <laughs> a lot of times is based on a lot of things. On base percentage and slugging percentage and OPS. Those things make that up. Right. I, I do think stolen bases, there should be a calculation. If I steal 56 and get caught 10 times, 
I have swiped 46 extra bases, right? Add that to my total base figure and give me a different rating with that because I've taken a base. As opposed to me stretching a single to a double or banging one off the wall, I went from first to second and stole a base. I'm going to take away the negatives of caught stealing. So I, I think there should be some added value to it. But just because Billy Hamilton can run, I think Jesse Winker would project to score 15 to 20 to 25 more runs than him because he's going to be on base more often. With We're not talking about playing small ball behind him. You're talking about a Suarez hitting second who's got 30 home run potential. Joey Votto and Scooter Jeanette and Scott Shebler and Adam Duvall, all guys that can hit it out of the ballpark. It's, look, I don't need Billy Hamilton to, to steal second, get bunted to third, and hope you hit a sack fly. You got some thumpers back there, man. Yeah. yeah it's not like Jesse Winger's a plotter. He's not going to steal 25 right. bases, but he's not a plotter. Right. Yeah, it, it's, the, you're, you're, you're making sense completely with everything that you're saying. And I think we've touched on this in a podcast before where I've said, okay, you're the, you're, the Reds are 22nd in baseball and payroll, okay? They... They haven't. They don't go out and get a free agent to fill needs. They haven't done it. Now, you can argue whether or not they should or shouldn't. But if you're not going to go out and spend money on a guy to fix a problem, you have to figure out, you have to stay true to what is the actual situation that presents itself. Billy Hamilton, as fast as he is, is it, you have to give the young guys a chance. Yes. You have to give people a chance. You have to supplement this team somehow, and it's through the minor leagues. And if guys project, hey, you know what? This is his time. This is Winker's time. We were, you know, Billy Hamilton, I'm sorry. You've had ample opportunity. Ample. You've had ample opportunity. And I think one of the, one of the, uh, one of the sad things for me as it relates to Billy Hamilton is that he did not get – He's going to be in a four outfield situation, and maybe his role, as far as you're concerned, it should be, and his role is going to be reduced. It's a shame that he didn't win a golden glove or a yes. gold glove when he was in center but, field playing. And defense. that's what I'm, I'm not telling you he doesn't have some value, right? But it's a, I mean, you can't. I'm not sure I can look around the majors and go, give me a fourth outfielder like that, like that guy, right. that guy that I can plug in and know that hey, in a one run game, he can maybe get me a big base, and he's going to take away a run late in the game. Right? Yeah. Perfect fourth outfielder. But no way, shape, or form is he a regular. And no way, shape, or form if he's a regular does he hit at the top of the lineup. And, no and way they, in Hades. And they've, they've got to stop banging their head against the wall. Correct. Because potentially, who knows? And if they're that deep in analytics, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Right. Look and at his OBP. Right. And maybe, maybe a, a limited role... Helps him at the plate. Maybe. It, 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 it's not going to be what they've done in the past. That's not going to help him. So maybe a limited role gets him bunting more. Gets him figure, he figures out how to be a good bunter. He figures out how to, how to slap it around and, and, and be a poor man's Ichiro to kind of get on base. Maybe that happens. But it's not going to happen if you just keep plugging him in and saying, this is your job, this is your job. And, and to their credit, they have said it's a four-man outfield, but it, it really... Maybe it won't be. It, and maybe it will be with Philip Irvin. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. But I, I do think it's, he's a fan favorite. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's like a circus act because of how fast he yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to win ball games. I'm not right. trying to fly the trapeze, man. There you go. All right. Um, let's get back to Jose Peraza. Um, didn't hit as well as I think everybody had hoped and thought last year. Had a real hard, much like Billy Hamilton, had a hard time um, taking walks, getting on base. Um, what do you need to see more of him? Do you need to see him be a, a more consistent defender and you live with what he did last year at the plate? I think he's going to be better at the plate. Now, I'll, I'll give you that caveat. I don't know how much better, but I do think he's a better hitter than he showed last year. Would, would you prefer him to show you more defensively or to become the offensive player they think he can be? Mm, wow. Uh, I would I would say if I had to choose between the two, I would rather his defense be yeah. elite. Yeah. Uh, I would rather, and I don't know if it will be. Right. But if I have to choose, would I rather him be better at the plate or would I rather I would choose I would choose defense because I think, as you mentioned, there are some guys in that order that are gonna provide enough offense to get this team where it needs to go. So that being said, I, I would think... He's a big wild card for me. In, in a lot. He might be the biggest wild card on this team for me of anybody because I do think there's a, a 300 hitter there with a little bit of pop, a little gap pop. I think in terms of, of position players, he's the biggest wild card yeah. because he's the biggest unknown. And, be, yeah, and defensively. I mean, you're taking a, 
a surefire, going to make every routine play and an occasional great one in Zach Cozart and putting a guy who's got more athleticism, right? Right. But we still don't know, can he make the plays every day? Is he going to cost you more runs than he's going to help you? And at the plate, is he only going to be a 260 hitter who gets on base 29% of the time? Yeah, and I think, you know, as much as people want to say, oh, the Reds are in the basement, the Reds are this, the Reds are that, this is a this is a very nurturing situation for him. He's not going to be asked right. to go out and 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 get. He's not going to be asked to get the numbers Cozart did in the past two years. And let's face it, Cozart wasn't exactly a a, a great hitter at the plate until this past season. I mean, he was a right. 258, 14, I mean, a little bit more. I mean, Barraza, I think, is a double digit home run guy. Yeah, very much so. I think he can be, and I think he's in a situation where, hey, you know what? We're not asking you to come out here and, and shoulder the offense. But the funny load. part is there's a potential there that, that right. says, man, he could be a top-of-the-lineup guy when all, all is said and done. All right, so. Zips has him at 273 okay. this year with seven home runs, 50, uh, 57 runs scored, 47 RBIs, on base 309. Okay. That's, that's, I mean, that's a fair projection probably. Second highest batting average on the team. Behind Votto? Behind Votto. Okay. I want to get to something else, too, in this projection. I don't know quite where to, f- to fit it well, in. We'll go ahead and fit it in right here. They're projecting Nick Senzel plays 118 games no. this year for the Reds. You and I talked about this on on uh, on the podcast, and that was one of my bold predictions as well. You can go to local12.com. I got 12 of them up there. We're going to get to my final record, which probably is the boldest and dopiest of all. But um, <laughs> my second of, of the bold predictions I went down is, is that we won't see Nick, Nick Senzel, barring injury, because if Scooter Jeanette gets hurt or, you know, at some point mm-hmm. and – Eugenio Suarez gets hurt at some point. We may see Senzel, but barring injury, and especially to those two guys, I don't think we see him until September. I think they've got a great plan for him. I, I think the plan is you ascended up through A, you tore it up. Double A, you tore it up. Now we're going to let you play in Triple A for a year, and we're changing positions. We're trying to see that if you can play second base, mm-hmm. and I think that's the first choice is is if you can play second base, Scooter Jeanette maybe isn't part of the long term plan, right? Mm-hmm. And and so you and if you show you can't play second base, well, the next spring we're gonna have to do something with the Eugenio Suarez defensively. We might have to make him right. a, a second baseman. Right. But I think the flexibility is let him get his let him get comfortable there. Let him show he can defend. The, let him show he can hit triple A. Now I would tell you, Jed, he might in the first two and a half months of triple A <laughs> hit three fifty six with twenty one homers, and you go, gotta have you. <laughs> and I think that may be how he's but going I don't, to play that but, many games. But I think September. I'm, I'm sticking with September, barring major injury. But here's the thing, though. Everything that he's done, he's done at an elite level yes. very quickly no doubt. at every level. So, But you're could, asking him to play a totally I, different spot defensively. I, I, I get that, but I'm saying the way he has rocketed through the ranks so far, you're almost saying he's going to take a step back because if he— See, if I don't think he is. Up, well, then you can't not have him up. No, I—, I, I there's nothing wrong with going A, double A, triple A, up. There's nothing wrong with that. No, and that's what he's going to do. But I'm saying if he if he's not going to cover off the ball, right? Okay, he's got to find a spot for him. Maybe, and there's two things. If you are, let's just say you stay in the race, and he's like the bat that you can go, all right, that's the bat that's going to get us over the top. Then, okay, maybe then in August you do it. But I, I'm i just going looking at this long term and saying, I, I'm looking at maybe a winning record this year. And, and then we figure out where we're at pitching-wise. Because I'm, I'm telling you, I, I think the everyday eight is very good. And I think it's going to be good for a few okay. years. And you're about to add another huge piece to that everyday eight, Nick Senzel. I want him comfortable playing second base and and, and, and let him have the success at that level. If that means he's there until September, then he's there until September. Well, let me ask you this, then. Let's say we're sitting here at the end of May. And he's at 41 homers. <laughs> <laughs> what do his numbers have to be? For you to entertain the fact that he's up before September, through two months of the year. It would be nothing. Unless Scooter Jeanette's falling on his face. What? No, if I'm going with the guys I think are going to play, and I think Scooter Jeanette's okay. not going to fall off. Okay. I think A.U.N.A. Suarez has got a chance to be a weapon, right? Where does he play? Right? Where does he play? I, I just, uh, I mean, I think, you, I think you've got to figure out a spot. Because uh, figure you're, out a place you're also play. talking numbers. And he could play shortstop. Correct. You're right about that part. And maybe we see some of that down, down there as well. Um I think the biggest part is you're talking about numbers. I don't think the number. I think the numbers are gonna be fine. I I, I don't know what I could set you a number. I also need to see what he can do defensively, not just for a month. I need to see it for a pretty good stretch of time at a new position, not at third base because he's not gonna play there. Might play there on a day. I don't know, but he basically they're gonna try him at second base. Right. I, I know your point, but you don't need to rush it either. 
Why start no. the clock? Why start any of that when you don't have to do it? No, and it's a good. And you can you can argue. Well, you're gonna you're gonna break his spirit. Not if you've been up front with him and go. Look, we want you to play a new position. You're gonna be in the big leagues next year, and you're gonna figure into our plan somehow if you play the way we think you're gonna play. Right. But for right now, we want you to go through a year of AAA playing this spot, maybe even playing some shortstop, showing us you can defend and showing us you can hit, and we think you're gonna show all of those things. And we're looking forward to you on our big league club in September guys, next year. Guys, a quick learner. Um, I, th- I think <laughs> he's a quick performer. And, I will give and, you that. And this is a great problem to have if you're the Reds. Right. If you're a fan of the right. Reds, this is a great problem to have. And I think this problem is going to rear its head sooner than later. I don't know if he's going to play in 118 the way it's projected here in Zips. I think he's going to play 18. I think I I think it's going to be higher than that. I think this problem is going to and and maybe he jumps maybe he jumps and it's you know. Triple A is a lot different than Double A, so maybe it takes him a while. But this guy, everything we've uh, seen, he's I, a quick learner. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I don't think he's going to be a failure in Triple A. I think he's going to be no, very, I don't very, think very he's good. Be a failure. No, no. But my point is, I, I'm going to stick with what you're saying. I think he's going to be very good in Triple A. I think it's going to be. Yes, you're going to have to look at that. And well, make the rubber's a tough decision. then the rubber's going to meet the road here. Yes, the in rubber's September. going to meet the road. It's going to meet the road in September. And the, and the best part of this is is that you've got, and we just talked about how Scooter Jeanette isn't looking over his shoulder, but you've got three guys that hear a little knockdown at AAA, sure. and they say, hey, guess what? If if you put up the first two months and you're not, you know, you're batting 212, you're you're not knocking in runs, we've got it. I mean, you've you've got to come to work every day, and you've got to work on yourself. Because no doubt. Because we've got a guy here that can play all three positions, potentially. He's got to do it for a few months. A few, a few months, not a month, not a week, not I'm two not weeks. Say, not I'm not saying a, few a month. Months. I'm saying and a few he, months would be April, May, June, July. I'm saying maybe if he, into August. If he plays, if he plays sixty to seventy games down there, and he's putting up the numbers that I think he can put up, you you've got you owe it to you. And and here's, we, we do need to take a road part. trip to go watch him. By the way, that'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, maybe Chris Mack can get us some tickets. Yeah, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Reds, the Reds have got it, and everything that we've heard about them is: I'm sick of rebuilding. I'm sick of thinking about the future. And, and I I'm get it. I about, get I'm it. sick of thinking about this. If he's knocking on the door and they don't bring him up, I think the Reds fans should. I think there I don't. should be a mutiny. I don't. I, I I think this is a great year to figure out what you've got pitching wise, knowing that you've got a doggone solid everyday eighth with some other pieces knocking. I mean, Taylor Trammell's a little bit away, but he's not too far off either. Uh, Blandino had a Blandino very nice had a spring. very nice spring, yes. So you got some pieces that Former are first round not, not too far away, and I think that's a good problem to have. I think that's yeah. where you start to go, all right, from a position perspective, we're, we're in pretty good shape. Now let's figure out what we need to do pitching-wise and then maybe off-season if these guys didn't do it and you feel like you've got enough of an everyday eight, especially with other pieces coming, then you, you make some off-season moves. All right, so when we talk about all these guys, and I think there's going to be – not a backslide for Jeanette. Not a huge one. I don't even think there's going to be one, but not a backslide for Jeanette. I think Suarez gets better. I think Shebler puts up better numbers. I think Duvall puts up at least similar numbers. I think if they're smart and play Winker, he is going to score more runs than Billy Hamilton would score and will score. I think this offense can get to 800 runs. And with a pitching staff that I think can allow less than 800, an offense that gets to that mark, I don't think my 82 and 80 projection is too far off. Call me nutty. Yes, I know you just did, sir, as you're driving down the road. Call me nutty. <laughs> Excuse me. I you laughing with me or against me? Uh, <laughs> I I think that's a high end optimistic projection. I think that this team this team has had some bad luck in the past few years, and whether that's luck that bad luck that they've created, right, or bad luck that that, that has happened upon them. I think that this team is due for some good luck, but I can, you know, I well, can, certainly didn't start the spring like that with <laughs> no. Esclafani and Lorenzen right. and no. Finnegan keep being kept back and, and all of that. But yeah. I'm saying, but yeah, the, I know the, the difference between, you know, the, uh, I saw a projection for the Reds. I think it was in this zips, 71 and 91. You know, the difference between 71 and 91 and 82 and 80 isn't as far off as many. No, would you're think. right. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm looking to to have a staff that's going to give up less runs, and I really believe that. Um, I, I think it's very capable of being under 800, and that may be optimistic. And I, I, I don't look. This offense scored 753 last year, and I think it's got a chance to. Yeah. I'm only asking for 47 extra runs, which is 0.4 per game. I'm not asking for some huge incremental increase here. And I think it's where you look at guys who just get a little better. That's not going to ask for a lot to fix that. Here's the other thing that that and a wild card in in in, in uh, Peraza. Here's here's the other thing that I think factors into this. I think the NL Central is the only division in baseball that has three teams that could potentially make the playoffs. There's that too, and that's a, and that's a good point. If you put the Reds in the AL Central and switch them with switch them with the Twins, 
they I think eighty two and eighty is very realistic yeah. because the White Sox, Royals, and Tigers are terrible. Tigers gave up almost nine hundred runs last year. They all three of those teams are terrible. Yes. And the White Sox, they've got some pieces coming. Yeah, but it's not but, they're but, not quite there. But I think a circumstance I mean, you look at the Brewers. The Brewers went out, they got Christian Yelich, they got Lorenzo Kane. They're making a run. I mean, they think that they're going to the playoffs. The Cardinals, they got the other outfielder from the Marlins, they got Ozuna. The Cardinals always think they're making a yeah, run, and I then just, you've got the I'm, Cubs. I'm just not sold on that. I, I think they're a 75-win team. I just don't like their makeup. Cardinals? Yeah, I just okay. don't. But, my, but I, my I, know point your, is, I know your point. You it's a fair look point. around baseball, you've got the Yankees and Red Sox in the AL East. The AL Central is the Indians and, yes. and maybe the Twins that go 500. The AL West, I, I, if you think if you think uh, the Angels are going to be maybe because of Otani, Otani, he was awful in the spring, Otani, awful at the plate, awful on the mound. Otani and Trout, I don't think there. I think there's one team in the Astros that finishes right. above 500 in that division. The you can go through the NL. The Mets have a chance, but this division, in particular, I think it's a tough one to be in. Is a tough one to be in. It's yeah. the hardest, in my opinion, to be in because there are three teams that legitimately think they have a shot at the postseason. And thinking you have a shot and going out and proving that you have a shot are two different things. But if you look across the board objectively, I think the, the Reds are in a tough division, especially because no, I agree with the that. Cubs are going to knock on 100 wins. Yeah, I, I would agree with that part. All right, if, so mine 82 and 80 feels too high. Is 71 and 91 about right for you? Uh, I think they're going to be higher than that. I think seventy-five-ish. Uh, I don't think. Here's what I'll say, and I don't know how bold of a prediction this is going to be, but I don't think they'll finish last in the division. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh's terrible. I think Pittsburgh will finish last in the division, and I'll be honest. I think the Brewers are going to have a really hard time finding guys to throw the baseball. Uh, agreed. They, their pitching, I don't think, is is matches what they've done. Now, if they would have went out and got you Darvish, and they were kind of pushing for that, then that gives me a little more hope with their rotation. But I don't think their rotation is is going to. That's going to be the thing that uh, that lets them down. But I I I, I think eighty two and eighty is is a bit much. Um, but I don't think they'll lose 90 games. All right, and that would be a step forward, I guess. I will share with you yes. Zach Mizell, who writes, who's an Indians writer uh, for The Athletic, who did a poem for each team in Major League Baseball. An homage. An homage. This is the one for the Reds. Still rebuilding, no contention. To think otherwise would be silly. The calling card for Cincy remains its famous chili. Okay, then. I like that. <laughs> so... Take what you will. Um, there's going to be reasons for optimism this year. In the if, city of losers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the the moniker I would go with. There's going to be some cool bark in the park nights and bobblehead I'm going to stick you right in the eye with a, with a needle in about two seconds. <laughs> and the Budweiser cart's ready for you, too. And Redzilla. Jeez. Throwing the one thing I would tell you when we start <laughs> when we start hearing all those things and all the amenities at the ballpark that they're shoving at us, uh, it makes me go. You guys don't think you're gonna be very good either, do you? Hey, we got a second <laughs> level of the boat sidebar. I, I didn't even know they needed more than one level to that, but okay then, <laughs> awesome. All right, Jed, I appreciate it. We'll uh, do this several times throughout the season. Gary Miller will hopefully join us for some yeah. of these as well. Uh, he's on vacation this week, uh, getting getting himself a little time as we get into baseball season. So appreciate you stopping by, and uh, we'll we'll be back many many more times. For Jed Demusi, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the Reds edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.